Welcome again to a very special edition. I guess it's not very special. It's but It's always it's, very special. You start off with very it. special every time. <laughs> it's very special. So a very special edition of the Hoop Form NBA podcast. As always, Ben Slykerman and Adam Elder here to cover all the current topics of the NBA, all the drama at hand. And boy, is there ever enough drama to discuss. This was, uh, I referred to it recently on my Substack piece about how this was the most soap opera-esque summer, I think the NBA is one of them at least, that they've ever had. I don't know. I think this is like top, I think this is top four, like already, like the way that everything is shook out. That's what I'm saying. It's top three, top four of all time already. Uh, Just absolute wild, wild turn of events. Things came late, obviously, with the Dame Lillard saga closing. Uh, We've already discussed that and the holiday thing, but the repercussions of those moves continue to reverberate around the league. Um, and it's just wild to see what impact it's already had. And we're not even in the actual season yet. So it's just going to be fucking crazy. <laughs> Way to see it, dude. There's so much, there's so many storylines right now to talk about. And there's so many different ways we could go. Uh, and we do have a lot on the plate today to discuss, but we wanted to open with, uh, I guess there's something neither of us really want to have to talk about, but like it probably needs to be addressed. Um, The Charlotte Hornets first off are just an absolute train wreck right now. Um, This is probably what happens when you, you know, have Mr. Beast on your logo. Your luck is just probably not working out too well. So I just wonder what their entire idea, because they're back with their old head coach too, right? Steve Clifford. I think he's yeah. been their coach before when they were just mid as hell with Kemba Walker and like Frank Kaminsky and all these guys were coming in. Gordon Hayward even back then too. And like, no, not back then. But um, he should have been on that team all that time anyways. But <laughs> I mean, the fact of the matter is you have to wonder like the last even just 20, not even 24, 48-ish hours for the Charlotte Hornets media-wise has just been like, I feel like there's, they're scrambling. A dumpster they're scrambling fire, scrambling to just throw, like put, a, put this fire out because you get the Miles Bridges news last night and that's just, I think it's line-crossing level discouraging from him where it's just like, okay, this guy needs to be away from the sport. He needs to be figuring things out in his own life. He yeah. needs to get all that, like, see, I've done this weird follow of his Instagram this entire summer just to see what he's been doing. And it's all been very, very clearly him doing separate workouts away from the team, wearing no mm-hmm. team apparel and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's just been very lightly, like, danced around. But he was obviously in a gym pretty often. He was always posting videos of him doing these random workouts that <laughs> that just look goofy from the outside. And now you get this situation again. And now I'm just like, how hard is it for Charlotte to really come out and just be like, it's done? Like you, you put out this really weak statement at Media Day about how you learn from your mistakes and are going to grow as a person and yada yada and whatever. And now you get this news last night. And you're just like, it's it's done. And then now, like what you were saying, you don't even want to talk about it, like the Kai Jones situation where weeks just and weeks mental. of buildup coming to this. And it's like this mental health spiral this guy is on all of a sudden. He dumped on Wemben Yaman, like just it affected him psychologically, it seems. One second. It's just puzzling. Puzzling at the very, very least, because 
it's not like he was I mean objectively he was a terrible player but like what could be saved from this situation at this point he says hashtag goat life he says hashtag goat life when he gets released dunked on Wemby it's just yeah like it just it seemed to completely take over his psyche and I'm like not even okay like that's an exaggeration but like it just all of a sudden this weird self-confidence obviously insane dude so like I guess and full disclosure I haven't seen the videos but I guess he'd been posting videos like dancing in his underwear yeah he was and like writing on his walls and shit yeah which is just wild and then like also, he'd been calling out teammates by name. Uh, yes. And he had that whole interaction with Terrence Ross, too, where Terrence Ross was like, is this guy okay? And he responded like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm the GOAT. Check the highlights. And yeah, uh, Terrence Ross was like, oh, okay. So he's not. <laughs> 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 Which is just a legendary roast response. <laughs> but it's true. It's like, oh, okay. So this guy's not okay. because He acts like a chipmunk not. just like acknowledged him in the street. He's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Ripped reality right away from Kai Jones. Yeah, so I mean, it's it is a strange situation, man, to hear people talking about this and to wonder what's going to happen now with him. I mean, he's obviously been waived uh, after his trade, <laughs> which is just <sighs> the most yeah. hilarious first, hilarious time. bullshit ever because it's not even close to having the right to do that. Um, I'm not even afraid to make that statement, but. Portland's probably fact, like, oh, we didn't know that Kai Jones is available in a possible Damian Lillard trade. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I don't I don't realistically see anyone knocking on the door for that. No, I don't think so either. I don't think it's worth it. He's a 6'9 center that's extremely skinny. He looks like Kelly Oubre almost in frame. And he all he can do is just, I mean, he's just at the very, very, very worst. He's like a Walmart brand of Derek Jones Jr. So, he's done? I mean, yeah, it's probably not there for him. Damn. That's tough. That's tough. tough. But that's what happens when you want to play this game like that. That's what happens in the NBA. You actually get waived. And I think we're looking at two players right now that are actually going to get waived. Yeah, and then just as a whole, I mean, just Charlotte, just wow. Where do you what do you what are you gonna do? I mean you're not going anywhere fast. LaMelo got the bag though, right? They gave him the five two sixty. I just, that's, I mean, I think he's such a huge question mark. It's not even funny. It doesn't get talked about either. Yes, there's that aspect to it, but there's also the aspect that they gave him that contract because of the situation around him. And they were like, please stay. We're giving you an untradeable contract, essentially. Because rest you real quick. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Like this season, I had some hope that they were going to be figuring a couple of things out here and there, but now I'm just like, what? Obviously, it's just the Grizzlies there. are just absolutely loving everything out of Charlotte right now because of everything they can. Because the remember the Grizzlies were kind of getting this reputation that right. they like we're having this lack of institutional control with how much shit talking. Well, the rest I of don't the, think they're out of the woods yet. John ja, ja Moran has fooled us all once before, so. Okay, let's react to the news about Ja being allowed to be in practice facilities oh and God, on the bench. Do what? I said, isn't that ridiculous? I, you know what? I was just like, he's basically allowed to do everything except for compete. Yep, exactly. So I mean, he can take be a full participant in practice and everything. 
I'm like that's an ad- absolute joke, honestly. Like, like he, he might as well not have done it. Just let him compete at that point. Yeah. Literally, just admit that you don't actually care. I mean, there's I've seen the angle thrown out that you know this is a way for him to get back and be in the rhythm of things and like you know be away from quote unquote bad influences if you even want to say it that way. Like it just gets into a tough line because it's like, what responsibility does he actually have? You know, like. Is there right. anything in his contract? Well, I guess despite probably not. No, no, I'm I'm sure like there's a legal terms, like obviously like legal oh, yeah. situations, like how Miles Bridges is involved in some domestic legal KP KP KPJ, like yeah. those situations yeah. like that. I'm sure that's uh, specifically stated, but like I'm sure there's nothing in an NBA contract that states must be a good role model for kids. Like he he's technically not inherently required to be like this role model and symbol and you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not anything he's not required actually, to, but I mean, but that's it's implied a debate of like yeah. NBA, like stardom for such like the nineties, right? Like who is your star player really supposed to be? Because I mean, there's the real appeal to the younger generation with John Morant, just because of how insane of an athlete he is and how he yes. dunks, and how he, his attitude towards the game and everything just, yeah. you know, like, Remember, I was loving it back when the Grizzlies were like on the. If you hate it, uh, like there's a video of Jaw walking on the tunnel, and he says, "If you hate it on us, stay on that side. We don't want you in Memphis. Memphis is something else. We don't want you. Stay on that side." Crazy. And then he does the gritty off into the tunnel. I'm just like, how could you? Like this guy's awesome. I'm like killing it. He was killing it back then, but then it's like, why? Why do we have to bring you know the weapons into the situation? And now we're in this tense situation where you're going to miss 25 games. Yeah, I mean, better yet, just really... public display of weapons. Like, what you do with firearms in private and, you know, and protect yourself, all that, like, carry on. I mean, you know what I mean? But it's the public display of an, an irresponsible handling of firearms that's the questionable aspect of the whole situation. Exactly. Exactly. To the point where, like, you're not out of the woods yet. Like, I think you're right that they're probably looking at the Charlotte situation like, oh, yeah, Yeah. that takes some heat off of us. But they're far from out of the woods here. I mean, yeah, he's obviously doing everything but compete. But they've had a fairly big shift. Not not a big shift, but, I mean, Marcus Smart makes an impact on a team for sure. But it's not like a guarantee that's going to be a positive one. Like, we don't know exactly, like, that that fit's going to be great. We're assuming that it is. Um, we don't know what Marcus Smart still has left realistically in the tank. Not that he's like super old, but just good. like, I think, I think he good. is too for the most part. But like, you never know when injuries can crop up. Like, I don't know. It's just, right. they're not, yeah, a, they're far true. from a sure thing. And I think a lot of their fandom is probably like, oh, once we get job back, we're good. And I'm like, you guys are far from good. Like, there's huge questions with Jaron Jackson Jr. And I don't think it was, yes, I think it's obviously getting more attention now because of the uh, FIBA, but I think those questions were there before. They just weren't really being discussed. And it's the fact that he's probably not a center. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, they've known that for a while just because of how they employ both um, Tillman and Adams. And yeah, but I think there Clark. was like in their fan base, there was still this like idea that like eventually he's going to get there and it's, that's not going to happen. Not unless he learns to body up and not foul. That's the, really the bottom line. If he could do that, then I think he would be fine. 
But he just know. wraps every he just wraps around every single person that's in the post around him. Like he's trying to tackle. It's like instantaneous. Yeah, it's just like such a weird motor reaction for him that he just goes right to this wrap around like and it's going to get called for a foul every time, especially in the playoffs. And then you're four fouls in and there's six minutes left in the third corner. Well, I guess the Grizzlies can say they're not the only uh, the only, only ones out there causing ruckus. <laughs> there's been so much ruckus. It's actually insane. Like, I just, I mean... Think about Portland. Think about even just Portland, who's, I mean, I would say in a good organizational space right now, the fans are happy with the return for Dame. Media now, day transition. Like, yep. And uh, let's, first off, let's react to dominating. Dominating? Are you kidding me, dude? He doesn't even want to field, he doesn't even want to field questions about Phoenix. He straight shuts it down and will not answer. I'm like, That's insane. Oh. Like, this is like Kai Jones in the opposite way. All of a sudden, he's just boosted on, like, this supreme confidence and coming in and working hard and being 100% dedicated. And I'm just like... I can't wait to see him revert to fucking eight-foot push shots and turnarounds that don't go in. And then just getting really pissed off because, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that... Little hook shots the, that the thing with whiff. DeAndre Ayton was that he was efficient at doing those things in the in the finals run the Suns had and was very good on defense. One and time, I like exactly one time, and, and then two. I remember, I was on record. I'm on. I'm on record, bro, yelling because he wasn't paid at that time and he was bitching about his contract publicly. And I'm on record saying, "Do it again, and then you can get paid." And guess what? He didn't do it, and he still got paid. Exactly. He so, was by the shut the Indiana fuck Pacers, up. which is the crazy part too. Yeah. That he could have been in Indiana after that run. And I'm just like, is he really going to show up in Portland with the same kind of energy? All of a sudden, he is one of the top eight centers in the league again. Right. And he was getting the gas for top three on the low post at one point this last summer. And I was just like, oh my God. I'm like, you can't, you can't say that. You cannot say that. No, because you get to three. You get to Bam Autobio before him. Yeah, you get to four before him at least. You get yeah, to four. I would say he's probably there at four, but just uh, he's not better than Bam, straight up. I guess he's the real question is, is he better than Carl Anthony Towns? Isn't that who he's Maybe. fighting for the I, fifth spot? I would say they're pretty equal. I mean, Cat's giving you a lot on offense. But <laughs> I think I'd put Cat over him just for what he's given on offense because it's not like DeAndre Ayton's giving you anything on defense. It's kind of the problem. At least he's not giving you a whole he's lot. He's a competent defender. And what's funny is that he had this Jokic praise after the first series that Jokic had against the Suns in 2021 when they made the finals and said that DeAndre Ayton's one of the tougher guys in the league to play against because of his guarding ability. And I'm just like, I'm like, well, he better be fucking dominating on that end of the floor. I'll just say that. It just, and it's hilarious because of the absolute salad that Jokic just made out of Nurkic, even in a preseason game. Did you see any of that? No, but I'm, I, I can saw imagine. I, I, I'll be out there. I, I'm refusing to watch it. I can't. Oh my God, dude. It's just they, garbage time. Is, it was all it was was two situations. It wasn't like a whole like eight minute stretch against Nurkic that he was eating. It was two post up possessions. One of them, Nurkic just danced him along the baseline 
and did one little up fake like he was going reverse layup and then just as soon as Nurkic went to go for the other side of the, he just softly floats back and just whoop, right in his eye. Insane. There's nothing he could do about it. Effortless. And the second one, Nurkic was playing drop coverage against somebody in the corner or on the baseline and Jokic started to post up right by the, by the elbow and Nurkic or Jokic saw him sitting under the paint and he was, all he was was just kind of just strolling around under the basket and Nurk, or Jokic waited four and a half seconds for them to call the three second defensive <laughs> call against Nurkic and Nurkic just got caught with like <laughs> his hands in his pockets walking out of the paint and Jokic saw it and just waited for it to happen and that was it like he just stalled his little post up and that was it I was just like oh my god he knows this is going to be in the playoffs and it does not matter to them what Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are doing or Bradley Beal for that matter Oh my god! Bradley Beal is going to have the easiest opportunities on that team. Who are they? Who straight up? Who's guarding who there? Are you putting Jamal Murray on Devin Booker? Yes, Michael Porter Jr. is on Durant, right? Ugh. Or is it Aaron Gordon? I think it's Gordon. Gordon, yeah, because because you want to switch. Would get cooked. You want to switch him to the you know like rim protection kind of like switchability, put him more down low. And then KCP's got to be on Beal. Yep. Oh my God. And at times, Booker, I'm sure. I mean, switching is going to be out of control is the problem. Oh, it was just, it gave me so much hope for what Jokic is going to be seeing in the Western Conference. And I'm just like, he is going to feast on the Suns this year. He's not phased. He's completely unfazed. I want to see, I mean, that was just against... Nurkic too. I want to see what he's doing against other guys. I want to see what Anthony he does against Davis. Like AD. Yes, exactly. So I heard someone on a podcast say the other day that there is not a single Jokic stopper in the West. And I'm like, come on. Hmm. Okay. I mean, there was times where there was nothing Anthony Davis could do to stop Jokic. Um, but I think if Giannis was in that same situation against Jokic, I think it would kind of be similar. I think if Embiid was in that same situation, they were like, there's no one in the West. I mean, there's a couple guys in the East, you know, when you think about Giannis that, you know, could probably keep up with him, but there's no, there's no Jokic stopper in the West. And I'm like, maybe not a Jokic stopper, but like Anthony Davis is absolutely going to bang with Jokic. Yes, exactly. Davis has a big body for every, like every, you can say all you want about AD's wingspan. He has a big body. He can take the hits from Jokic. That's why it's such a beautiful matchup. Exactly. That's why he's the best defensive player in the league with his mobility. He right. is. Like he was he the looks best like it there too in the playoffs, bro. I mean, he straight My up looked like the best. God. I mean, he just did. I mean, talk about saying all the right things for a fucking media day. They Lakers did what they needed to do in that department. I just need him to fucking show up. The Lakers, I know, dude. I feel like there's silent hype around the Lakers and that they are going to be very fucking good. I think they're going to be good too, but I got to be honest with you, dude. I am very much tempering, just preparing and just tempering my my thoughts and hopes moving forward for a, a, a fifth LeBron ring. I got to be full disclosure okay, yeah, here. I'm putting it on sure. the table. I'm pretty much just effectively moving on in my mind, assuming it's not going to happen. So if it does happen, I can be surprised. Because there's a right. lot that has to go right this season for it to happen. And I would argue this is probably the last season it can happen. So, like, yep. 
if it doesn't happen this season, it's, it's over. He's not getting it. And for me, that still doesn't change my opinion of him being the greatest player of all time. Um, the championships don't. The sheer number of finals appearance and the amount of talent that he had to face to get through that earns him respect in my book and breaking the scoring record while still, you know, like it, all that yeah. shit. So like it's still tallied up there for me. He doesn't need that fifth ring. The fifth ring would be fucking awesome though. <laughs> it, uh, would. it really would. Just because it would define a lot of things for the rest of the viewership. Um, but for myself, I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready to just accept that it's not going to happen. And if it does fuck. Yeah. But like, I don't know, dude, Anthony Davis is just, coming out, you know, and he dodged the question when they asked him, uh, is this your fran do you think this is your franchise now based off of the contract you received? Which I think is a dumb question. Uh, first why does, off. It, yeah, why does he need to answer that question? Why does he I need mean, to answer that question? A, it's yeah. such a, I mean they're you're it's a trap for sure. And yeah. My problem with it is like, well, of course he's not. Even if even in like even with that amount of money, even LeBron if that was an, an okay question, it's LeBron James. LeBron James is going to be the team until the day he's done. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of what he, he's been saying is like, I'm not, I'm going to keep playing as long as I'm not cheating the game. As long as I'm not right. taking shortcuts, which realistically he's already taking shortcuts, but as long as I'm not taking shortcuts. Yeah, but he's been able to explain away those shortcuts to himself in the, <laughs> in the neighborhood. Yes, he's been able to justify. Yeah, because I mean, at some point you're going to have to. Uh, but like that's regardless, like he is still playing because he feels like he is the guy. So right. if he's on a team, he's going to be the fucking guy. That's just what he's going to do at this. That's what he does. So he still feels like the guy. He still is the guy for this team. Anthony Davis doesn't have the personality for that. And that's okay. Like we need to stop Laker fan, Laker fans, and I'm not even going to really include myself in that group because I do try to stay somewhat neutral and I'm more player driven. But like Lakers fans need to stop with this. Like AD is going to be the face. AD's not that type of guy. He's not. That's not what you need from him. That's not the energy you should be right. sending him. The energy you should be sending him is fucking staying consistent on the offensive end of the floor because I think the defense is fine. I, de- I think the defense is there. Some nights you're just going to get fucking beat. That's just the truth of the matter. But and it's not offensively. Even, right. And it's not even that he's Robin to Batman in this situation either. Like it's more no, that it's like you got he, two Batmans out there. Right. He is the perfect complimentary duo piece to a ball handling playmaking savant. He like, just doesn't have the leader, leader personality and that's fine. Like you're not, you, you probably shouldn't have two clashing lead personalities anyway. But he had a fucking amazing run in the bubble too, where he played the 33 points a game kind of guy and like, you know, came through on the offensive end and defensive end completely as the other half of a duo. Yeah, but even then, like LeBron was playing point guard in that situation. LeBron was setting the table. Rondo was setting the table. Like the offense has never ran through AD. It didn't even run through AD when they won their championship. Like, Does it ever occur to you how fucking good that team was? Like, just how good that team was back in the day when that before that season, I was just kind of like, hey, you know, it's a lot of older guys around LeBron. I don't know if I can really trust this. And then they fucking smashed everyone in the playoffs. It was nuts. Not, not that he probably is ever going to respond. And he, obviously, he probably won't because it was days ago. But Kuz reposted uh, 
a picture of him in the locker room when after they won <laughs> holding the trophy and he's all, you know, he's all hyped up and shit. I can't remember what his quote said, but I said uh, something like he, he never should have left. That's what I said. <laughs> I was like, or you should have came back to LA or something like yep. that. That's what I said. Uh, he yeah. never should have left, honestly. But that, I mean, it wasn't left. his fault. He got traded. So him, him and growth as a LeBron, like just feeder. If he could be like everything Tobias Harris ever wished he could be around LeBron. Like I miss the days when they would run coups at the two. Me too, dude. They'd use them as <laughs> enormous Danny Green. Ah, oh, dude, it was oh. lit. And they ran the the half court shot play for him all the time. You yeah, the Austin Reeves does it now. Yep, and now it's what Kuzma does, or Reeves. What Reeves does. Yep. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. It's what Reeves Kuzma talked did. about it on Zach Lowe's podcast. Oh my god. Yeah, he talked about how that's literally that like he's the one that's willing to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The take a no hit on percentage, but it was like they yeah. ran a set play almost for Kuzma. It felt like it, honestly. Bro. How many times did it happen? At least nine that I saw myself. And it and was just had to casual. be for the same reason, though. Right. Yeah. He was just like, yeah, I'll fucking do it. But then he just made it to a weird degree, though, too. Like it was and a makeable like, shot. I think he hit it like twice, at least two or three times. Yeah. It was stupid, bro. Uh, miss those old Lakers, man. That was fun. The twenty twenty old Lakers, twenty twenty to twenty twenty one Lakers were fun, dude. It's that we'll just see. tells we'll you see. how Le- long LeBron has been on the Lakers, too. Yeah, yeah, it's been five Crazy. years, dude. Been five years. He's almost done. I think we're probably what two, three years away from him being done. Maybe even one. I, I think mean, two. I think two is the cap. Honestly, yeah. if. I mean, honestly, and depending on how this season goes, bro, like we, if it's five, we actually could be not. looking at the last LeBron season right now. Oh my God. And we might not even maybe be ready that's for what's, it. Maybe that's what's underlying the hype from this is that it could low key be a LeBron farewell season. I don't know, dude. LeBron, he might already know it too. What might. if he's already made up his mind? He might do a farewell season and just say fuck it about the record like Kobe. You know, because Kobe was on the awful Lakers at the end of his career. Like the awful, awful Lakers. Yeah, but I don't he's know. not on an awful Lakers team. It's true. That's so like true. Like if, if LeBron can be like five. If LeBron can be like ninety percent of what he is full go, and if Anthony Davis can be consistent, this team can compete for a championship. I just wonder if he knows that he's not gonna play with Bronny. Bronny can want it done though. He and they're can, saying Bronny's gonna play like, this season. I don't know. They're saying Bronny's returning. How draftable do you think he is realistically? Bro, it's all hype. It's all hype. Yeah. I think it's all hype. Yeah. I think it's mo- I'm not gonna say it's all hype. It's mostly hype. I substantially hype. I think it's more hype than it is anything else. I'll say that. I'm not yeah. saying he's not talented, but like, right. There's a lot of talented guys that just don't really make it. Right. Exactly. And he's not a physical presence, really. No, he's a guard for sure. Yeah. He's like 6'4. But yeah, ESPN's throwing out the, is Brownie more athletic than LeBron at his age? Just like, no. <laughs> now, Bryce is a little bit more interesting. Bryce, yeah, he's a forward prospect. I feel. Yeah, like. Bryce is because I think he's six eight. 
Yes. So. Yep. And he's taller. He's hit his all of his growth spreads quicker than like Braun ever did too. So that's what's not. That's just something to, like to think 6'11". about. Huh? What if he grew to like six eleven? That's what they're saying. He may have one or two more left. So he got to like six nine, six ten. I think so. At that that's point, just... all you have to do is like. Honestly, do your job, <laughs> like, and you'll and you'll play for a long time. And who knows with those jeans, he might be a fucking monster. It's just like when I've seen the small amounts of clips that I've seen about Bryce is that he just looks like more of a legit forward to me. He doesn't look like yeah. a combo anything. He looks like a legit power forward. Jumper looks awkward though, but it goes in. Yes, yes. Like there's something about him that reminds me of like Okongwu, like an extremely yeah. mobile, actually four size five. It gives me Rui vibes almost and how the jumper looks. That would be interesting, especially with, have you been keeping up on the stories of LeBron and Rui? Yes, I talked about out. it on the, t- on the team outlook. Yeah. yeah LeBron had Ru- the corniest line about it. Oh, did he? What did he say? He said that, of course, he said, I, he's my Daniel's son and I'm Mr. Miyagi. Jesus. I was like, LeBron, no. <laughs> I'm like, Shane Gillis got fired for that shit, dude. Yeah. LeBron don't care. He's bulletproof to it. He is bulletproof. Chinese bulletproof, dude. Uh, let's switch to another media day and then we'll get into these hot takes who have uh, the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler and his emo era. Dude, the Dame saga turned Jimmy emo straight up. Salt's about not getting Dame. Absolutely. Like, I think that's all. I don't think that's all it really is because I feel like Jimmy was going to do something funny no matter what, but I felt like the emo was definitely a shot out there like, fuck, we did not get Damian Lillard. Yeah, I feel like he was going to be wilding out. I mean, he had crazy hair last year, but like, he definitely was going with the current events there for for that for that bit. He's just a legend <laughs> though. It was an absolutely golden bit, dude. And when he Especially- said to him, his first response was, wow, it's just a representation of my emotional state. <laughs> Like, oh my God. <laughs> dude is incredible, dude. What a king. Like, it's just fucking crazy. They, like, I mean, they should be heavily concerned, though, just in general, though. I mean, I don't honestly, know about heavily concerned. I would definitely say concerned, though. I'm, I'm saying heavily, man, because yes, they had a great run and everything they did post Giannis injury is still validated. Uh, but there was a Giannis injury. And right. now Giannis and that has Dame. squashed it. Yeah. Huh? That, yeah, that would have squashed it from the beginning for them too. If Giannis didn't, you know, he landed first on his game. back, right? Yeah. First game. Minutes in. <sighs> Literal minutes into the series. Uh, it can so also I, be said too about game seven in Miami. Or no, was it in Boston where Tatum turned his ankle like six minutes in? Yeah. And Tatum was cooking. Yeah. Tatum was on it. I think that I have a slight feeling that Boston could have won that game if Tatum wasn't playing on a completely bum ankle at that point. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, there's luck involved with that run. And there always is. It, exactly. Exactly. There always is. That's why the Atlanta Hawks ended in the Eastern Conference Finals three years ago. Mm-hmm. There's luck involved. Like, I mean, they also took advantage of a weak Philadelphia team mentally. So, I mean, it, it, but point aside, it's just, Maybe they should be heavily concerned. They should probably be I, heavily concerned. I think it's I think it's danger zone, man. And what's nuts is like 
It's Embiid or bust at this point. I mean, what maybe. else? Who else are you getting? And we know Philadelphia is going to fail. Let's just put that out on the table. I think we both can just pretty much that's the general Philly, consensus yeah. right now. Philly's of the league is that Philly's going to implode. I, I mean, uh, I can just put that out there right now. One of my hot take statements is honestly, and I'm starting to feel this. I think Embiid's going to be on the Knicks by the deadline. Holy shit! I think. Do so you think Miami misses that again? Who's Miami? If they can't get Dame, they're not getting Joel Embiid. They are not straight up. Like if they cannot get Dame, they were not going to get that. And I think I really think that Embiid will be on the Knicks by the trade deadline, and it will be a historic haul. I think it'll be a five six draft picks kind of. Do they give up Brunson? No, no, for sure, no. You think Brunson would be about the only damn thing they hang on to? I think no. I think that they're definitely going to get like um, Grimes. I think they're getting Grimes and Barrett, and probably quickly. Randall will be shipped somewhere in the heat of the. I mean, you never know. He might get Randall too. I just imagine Randall like, would be involved somehow. I just you know, Daryl's going to want to move Tobias in that situation too. Okay, so then it's Tobias and Embiid. And then you really have to sell on salary for the Knicks. And I think the Knicks are willing to clean out this gunk that they have. Relative gunk, because then you're going to hold on to Brunson and Josh Hart and um, Mitchell Rob. No, they're going to move Robinson. He's going to have to go. Robinson can't be on a team with Joel Embiid, realistically. You think like, Daryl Morey gets fired after that? I think Daryl Morey more likely like resigns after a year of that. I don't think because he gets like, fired, but like, he's not going to be doing the rebuild. Maybe and you're rebuilding. You're rebuilding around fucking Maxi at that point. It's just how it's a little bit hard to explain to me if they rebuild if they pull off that kind of trade package for Embiid. Like Maury is able to extract a lot of value from that, and then they turn around and fire him. You know, like I just was, well, I, yeah. Honestly, it'd probably be more like, hey, buddy. You don't want to go ahead this, and you, you know mutually agree to part ways. Yeah, you don't here. want to do this. He's like, no, I really don't want to fucking do this. We're like, all right, well, and you know what? For the Phillies' sake, I hope that's the I hope that's the situation. I hope that they can just if they get rid amicably. Of, yes, they can just end this entire situation. Get rid of all the Houston Rockets guys for fuck's sake. Get rid of all the get rid of all the Daryl Morey energy. Yeah, get uh, rid of the fucking cocaine moneyball energy. Philadelphia Rockets that you got going yeah. on in your fucking office, literally. I mean, next case, send both send Embiid, Harris, and PJ Tucker to New York. Bye bye. <laughs> uh, send them Harden too. Jesus, could you imagine? There's just like just, just straight up trade that on the note of Harden because uh, the Embiid stuff is all pers- perspective or pretty confident in the Harden thing happening. Like everyone just is like, yeah, he's gonna be on the Clippers before this is over. I He's think like that Kawhi, just, Kawhi and Paul George definitely want him. Like that's what everyone is saying. Anyone that's like connected at all, she's like, yeah, I it's mean, over. It's if like, we take the temperature shit. in comparison of situations between Daryl Morey negotiations of the past with Harden already involved, the talks were. I feel like the talks were kind of leaked out there into public opinion in a weird way, where it was just like known information was being said about Daryl Morey relations with other teams, mm-hmm. and. People are like, it's Simmons for Harden, straight up. Well, I mean, there was other things involved there, obviously, but like, it's Simmons for Harden. Sure enough, four 
four forty five on the trade deadline day. It went through exactly, <laughs> and it was just like okay, that was really interesting. And now you're hearing this very plain talk about the Clippers, like you said, and it's just like okay, when is this happening? When is Norman Powell and you know Terrence Mann? Terrence Mann, why won't they budge on fucking Terrence Mann? Really? What are you going to do with Russ in that situation? Russ wants to play. And you yeah. know that Harden wants to play with Russ. That's like probably half the reason he wants to go back there. It's secret, but it, he wants it. Why, at that point, like, you're really going to make Russ come off the bench with James Harden on the team and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? It's just like, that was it's actually wild, part of Because that team should win a championship. <laughs> On paper, of course it should win a championship. They, remember, we were like, they're legitimately 12 deep on paper, last, even last season. Yeah. And then they just show up in this completely gray fashion. They should have kept those gray jerseys. That they, remember when Nike made like eight different teams just wear gray jerseys out of nowhere? That one season, I, I think it was the after the bubble season. They should have just kept those because of how, that was just so morally representational. It was just a gray and white jersey. It was so bland. And gross looking. I was like, this is the Clippers. Let's go ahead and switch into these these hot takes that you have because you got one out of the way there. Um, it's in in B two. I mean, I got another one right out. I can get right out of the way just because of that situation we were just talking about. And I'll read you what I wrote down here. Kawhi and PG will combine for 105 games this season and both will return to Los Angeles Clippers on friendly deals since Balmer has leverage and they both have no trade value. PG will make this a point of pride on his podcast <laughs> to take less. I don't think they'll take less. Jesus Christ. It's like, I don't think it's going to happen and I think Balmer will pay it. God. Do you really want to pay $41 million a year to broken-ass Paul George? I think he'll do it. Oh my God. I think I mean, it's too, I mean, I, what else are you going to do? I don't know. You're building a new fucking him. arena. You can't be in a rebuild with a new fucking arena. Right. You can't be there with Terrence Mann, 18 points per game season or whatever you get building in return. Yeah. I don't know. I, they're just yeah. it's such a touch and go situation. My faith is we know long withered for Kawhi. That's gone. I just, I there's, no, like, there's, zero, there's zero hope there, in my opinion. I'm down to like 8% hope left in the Kawhi Leonard experience. I think I was hovering around like 38% last season, and by the end of it, I'm just down to like 8% because of the meniscus tear, straight up. Like, he played one playoff game. One. It looked great during it, of course. Looks like freaking Kobe, Kobe Jordan out there all the time. Michael Bryant. Like, just absolutely balling out. And now we are sitting here in this situation. And it's like, now he's due to be paid and there's crickets. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, now your team is going to trade its bench for James Harden? I just don't see Kawhi taking less than a max contract. He I might mean, just retire, dude. I don't think so without one more bag. Sign a three-year deal, max. And then PG gets like a four-year. And just dips. Because Kawhi's what, 31 now? PG'd probably be done after that contract. 
Yeah, I'd say so too. No, PG will go back to Indiana for a hometown season. <laughs> Make that a point of pride on his fucking podcast. That would be hilarious. Tyrese Halliburton's like, we don't even want this guy. <laughs> and then Draymond, Draymond would be on the TNT team at that point and he'd be oh uh, screaming God. at him like he did with Paul Pierce. They don't love you like that. They don't love you like Kobe. Oh my God. They don't love you like Kobe. From the mezzanine of the arena. (laughs) Paul George on the free throw line. They don't love you like Kobe. Is Braun on TNT? Huh? Or you think Braun's just gone? Braun lives in TNT. Braun's owning a fucking team, bro. Yeah, that's true. they're going to be killing shit. Obviously, he's going to have an ownership group. It won't be just him, but like, no, Braun Braun is going to be, yeah, Braun is going to be a very big part of an expansion team, bro. He just it's gonna is. be LeBron, Rich Paul, um, uh, Dave Free. <laughs> we'll probably have both of the James boys on the team. Oh my god! We'll probably have Bronny and Bryce on their team. Phil Handy. It'll literally just be the LeBron James team, but it won't can't be called that. The LeBron James in Las Vegas, and it's gonna be in Vegas. Las Vegas and happen. Seattle are happening, dude. Vegas and Seattle are happening. They pretty much said that. Now that the collective bargaining agreement is done, it's TV deals and then it's expansion. Yeah, because there's what, probably two years left on the TV deal? Yeah, they have to negotiate that. I think there might only be one. I think it's one. I think they have to negotiate that. And once that's in, but it's not like expansions will be here in like 24, 25. It'd likely still be like 26, 27-ish. But yeah, we're probably two to three years away from that just being in. And then they're also like... The I heard an interesting point today on the front office podcast, um, their view on expansion. And it was like, okay, so sure, you're going to go into Vegas and Seattle and those are going to be good markets, but you're going to be the last team into those markets, into already crowded markets. You're going to be the last team technically. Yeah. You don't want to be that. Um, I think that Seattle is going to thrive having, having a basketball team again. I think fair. Really Vegas is going... Vegas, you'll be the... La- you'll most definitely be the last... Arrival, but their point was is like they could definitely see the NBA starting it with like four expansion teams. That would be nuts. Really going for it. Well, Seattle, Vancouver. Apparently, there's more than enough billionaires that want to fucking get involved. I mean, of course, they see what money machine. I mean, there's no way to hide a money machine an NBA team is. You sort of massive stimulus, especially now because four expansion teams. Yeah. I mean, isn't that crazy? Like two teams for each conference are now added in. Now does the play-in go down to like 12? Well, what happens is all that money just gets dispersed into the teams, into the league. So like that's... Right. Right. You're talking billions of dollars of an influx, bro. Two teams alone is going to be like 3 billion. So you're looking at what? 6, 7 billion probably? So I think they said uh, you can buy in for like 1.5. My God. That's just nuts. That's <laughs> just absolutely fucking ignorant, insane. dude. That's why I'll never complain about guys signing five for two sixty. I'm just like, fucking they make hell so no. much money. I'm like, the entire league makes insane amounts of cash because of the TV ratings. Like, my god, and the social media presence that it has is worth billions. Like, it's yeah, unfathomable. Uh, keep it rolling here. Another take. That was oh, hot, by man. the way, because I don't think they take less. I just wanted to last wrap up on that. And there was just a feeling I had out there that I was grasping at. Like, what if they're just like, God, we are 
at an all-time low. I mean, anything can happen. Dame Lillard is a Milwaukee buck right now, so... Yeah, it's very true. I mean, very true. I guess I'll, I'll I'll preface it all by, or I'll close it all by saying that you just never know. Maybe there are some hot ones on here because I mean, my next take is that the Warriors will be in the play-in and miss out. So that was one of my. So one of my, not exactly that, but one of my uh, questions on the article today was, can they make, can they win the Western Conference Finals with Chris right. Paul? So kind of in that same vein. I don't think I don't think they're a play-in team. I think they're I don't think they'll lose enough I don't think they'll lose enough games to be that low because the fact of the matter is is typically what we've seen from Chris Paul, granted he is 39, last what four or five seasons like his teams are good regular season teams. Right. And That's like very true. That'll definitely push them up in track position. Yeah, and if Steph is healthy, if Clay is healthy, Clay's has actually looked pretty good in the pre- few preseason minutes he's been running. Um, you get Dre back, Draymond back on track, which is still up in the air. They're saying six weeks minimum. Um, and then you got to hope he, he gets right there. Uh, but ultimately, crazy. it's like, I think they're, they, won't, they won't lose enough games to be that low. Now, as far as like legitimate contenders, I mean, look, the Lakers abused him last, last year. And that's and I on mean, paper the they got better. smaller. I think yeah. I think they're still small though. Like now you have Chris Paul. Now you're going to. That's be what running. I'm saying. On paper, the Warriors got smaller, like big time smaller. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I just, I don't know. I think they're. I I don't like the fit. I think it's still awkward. I think there's a huge push right now to try to make it seem like Chris Paul is just swimming, and it's just great. And he's just been so welcomed and he's just adapted so well, regardless of all this history and all this shit. And like, I'm not saying that none of that's true, but I feel like there's a real concerted effort and it's being over-exaggerated. And I think the fit is still awkward. Um, And this dude on time, on brand, every fucking postseason gets hurt. So like, Mm -hmm. what, I mean, how am I? It's it's no different than the Kawhi situation. How am I ex- to expect anything different? Yeah, you're going to be a good regular season team. You can be probably a f- five seed, four seed, right? And maybe even higher. There's definitely, but, I would definitely, even though my prediction was that, I'm just like, the only way this team is going to actually compete, compete in the playoffs is if they play Stephen Clay as the backcourt and then have Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney out there for extended minutes altogether because that is a championship-level core. Yeah. I mean, just... I mean, that defense of Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney is just tough. Exactly. And the ridiculous rebounding they get alone from both Looney and Draymond. Draymond. And they get Wiggins aboard, too. Like, And then the the fact of the matter is that... uh, Wiggins provides, too. Right. And then you have Draymond that can start the gas pedal for both Steph and Clay is the point. So it just all connects together. Like it's so dynamic, but now you have all this chirping about Steve Kerr's playing Clay Thompson at the power forward position. I'm just like, Oh my God, this is a low. This is a total low. Like, right. I mean, the way that you hang with Kevin Durant. Yeah, please. No, like 2018, 2018 Clay can try. Yeah. But this is 2023, Clay. Like, yeah, that lateral speed is, whew. yeah, and Kevin Durant Waning. is still six eleven. Like, yeah, 
I mean, it's Kevin Durant's it's just, still gliding across the court. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's confusing to me what the Warriors are doing. And I mean, that top five needs to be playing. And then you need to have Kuminga playing legitimate light six man minutes. And same with Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul should legitimately, should realistically be the seventh man on this roster. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think at this point in his that career, way. that's what he is. Like Looney, right. I think Looney is Looney is more valuable. Exactly. I think he showed that even just by playing good to not if great defense and rebounding ability against Sabonis. Like now, he outclassed Sabonis. Now, technically, with what you've done to your roster, yeah, you're going to need probably more. You technically probably need a little bit more from Chris Paul in general, like in terms of like what you need, what you're asking, but like. Looney is Looney is more important. <laughs> like he just is. Right. Like what he provides for you on the defensive end and at the center position, it's just it's more than Chris Paul can give you at the at the point guard. So I mean, yeah, he's got to be seventh, eighth man, technically. And how bad is it too to have a Chris Paul and Dario Saric pick pick and roll like playbook in your back pocket as your seventh, eighth, nine guys with Kaminga in the mix there too? I think that's pretty nice. Yeah, to have all nothing to like, scoff at. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's what you're saying is that's going to pull up bar you right to a fourth to fifth place finish in the West with the amount of wins you'll be able to get with just that. And you know what? Yeah, you're going to have a rotating door where Clay's not playing, Steph's not playing. Like some of these guys are going to miss games. Draymond's obviously already not playing, so now Chris mm-hmm. Paul can step in and play the starting guard role whenever that needs to come in too, and that's fine for 16 games in a season. Yep, and like. They, they have options here, but it's just like, I think Steve Kerr, for some reason, he's bitten into some kind of apple that's given him this small ball disease over the, over the summer, especially what we saw at FIBA too. Yeah, he's bought in for sure. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I'm just, I'm, I'm still not sold on this CP3 thing and I don't know how I'm supposed to be easily sold on it considering all of what we know about Chris Paul all of what we've seen with this dynamic between him and this team. Um, it's just a lot. <laughs> it's just, just so wild to think that this could be like one of the last teams he's on in his career. Yeah, I know. And every media day picture of this guy, he just looks like he swallowed his soul. Yeah. And I'm just like, he looks dead in the face. I'm like, it, it can't be hidden to me, never, at least. You never, you never can imagine him in the fucking white Warriors jersey, dude. Oh my God. God, how wild is that? Sickening. It's absolutely sickening. Considering at what length these guys were going to to try to beat the Warriors back in 2017, 18, and the arguable prime of Chris Paul's career. We were podcasting back then about how Houston (laughs) and Golden State fell from grace. And then within two years, Golden State's winning a fucking championship. Yep. Within two and Chris years Paul has just fallen off the face of the earth. James Harden has absolutely fallen off the face of the earth, fallen back to earth from what Russ he was. has accepted his eight million a year oh contract. Oh my god! Uh, it's just nuts. Uh, to what? wrap up that one, though, uh, I don't think they're a playing team. So I think you're you're still hot there. Yeah, that's probably hot to say they're playing, but I also think that's not out of their floor either. They've been there before. It's very true. And they had Kent Bazemore on their team then. They were actually part of an inaugural playoff or play-in loss 
when LeBron saw three rims and picked the middle one. <laughs> and the legendary the moment in LeBron's career. Oh my God. For the first time, LeBron won an inaugural Playing. new playoff type series and then lost in the first round for the first time in his career. And only got what? into the Insane. playoffs because of the play-in that he said should have never been made up. Oh my God. Even though it's how he got into the playoffs. Nuts. That's the dumbest idea ever. What a so funny let's, guy. let's pivot here. We're talking about one miserable guard combo trio, if you must say. And we're going to shift to a new guard rotation. A new fleet coming in for the Boston Celtics in the name of Drew Holiday. Now, it, it, teased, it teased the pundits the other day when Drew Holiday came off the bench in the first preseason game because I think that got a little bit of people like alarmed. But I was like, well, he just got traded for two weeks ago. And, you know, like he's getting warmed up here. Boston has no reason to have full foot on the gas pedal right now. Like, I mean, but it, it really has made me question in my mind the past few days. I'm like, what is the optimal starting five for Boston now? It's not even a question, dude. I'll tell you what it is right now. It's not even a fucking question. It's Holiday, White, Brown, Tatum, Porzingis. That's your starting lineup. Doesn't mean you have to run it for... 35 minutes. 35 minutes. It doesn't mean you have to close with it. That's your starting lineup, though. I think, personally, Horford should probably be closing. Right. That's where I'm at, too, because I'm just like, Horford is so fucking good in the playoffs when it comes to just all-around defense. That And corner threes, get you five open corner three looks in a in a regular playoff game like what scares me is that like yes the the everyone's like oh we're going to really really bought into this three point identity and KP stretching the floor like they've still been talking about KP post ups as if KP is like a realistic and reliable post up option and I'm sorry he just isn't and if you're closing games with KP post up possessions Joe Mazzula go kill yourself I mean, <laughs> and I, I want to be clear that I don't actually I mean, think he will because like, it's like, oh, we're so bought into this three point. But like, I have heard wor- word from there, from, from there, from their media day, from various people that it's like, oh yeah, I know what KB provides from a post. I'm like what? No, no, dude, I promise he had one good run good. doing it. I promise you they're going to do it. They are going to have him. You're going to see the same Mavericks type post-ups that KP was playing where you're just like, Wait, this is kind of Christian Wooding the offense a little bit here. Like, oh this is God. kind of like putting a damper on things going around because we're letting this humongous guy take fade, mid-range fadeaway shots that clank off left rim and nobody's there to pick up on the baseline. All of a sudden, we have a seven-foot-three guy trying to run in a fast break down the other end. Now we have no rim protection. Like... I mean, that's where your wing defense in Boston is going to really help him. This is the best. This is the best defensive team he's ever been on. Period. Bar none. Whatever. No matter. You best what be you praying say, that Drew Holiday is still elite. Elite. I think that Holiday is going to be. Elite. I think that Holiday might be on something this year. I don't know. Like, I think he's going to have some real salt to him because of Milwaukee moving him. I think he really thought that him and Giannis was going to be like. I. There's. I think re- he thought he had another chance to win a championship with Giannis. Right. Like he legitimately like, felt that. 
And I mean, I felt that as well. If the Bucks would have run back this core from last year, yeah, I would have had some pretty insane questions because, but I also league last season. I know that's what's crazy is that Giannis got hurt in the first round elimination. Yeah, exactly. Put such a damper on everything that they did to an insane degree where you are like, oh yeah, Drew Holiday is going to be Drew Holiday replaced with Damian Lillard is going to be an absolute obvious all the time upgrade, and you're like. It's not as far apart as you think because of what that team was. It's just they different. Just, they just really flatlined in the playoffs confusingly. And they really, I mean, Holiday looked shook in the playoffs. I'm not going to lie. Against the Heat, he looked shook. Yeah. Like there was, offensively. I, I remember and there he was. He can't do anything one, to Jimmy Butler. Right. Yeah. I mean, who can? And it's like he completely was just taken aback by that. And it's just like, they got caught so flat-footed in the playoffs, they just looked broken. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, you're like, yeah, you know what? That is the reason they made this move. And Giannis obviously was not happy with the outcome of that last season and probably really thinks that he had a chance to be the one that Jokic had to face in his last stop, you know, and could have been the one battling with him for a championship. And it's my pick this year for the Lakers and the Bucks to be in the finals. So I think that it's just... And there's been this weird Giannis shade the last few days about his defense. I'm like, what? That Giannis isn't that good of a defense, like, isn't as elite of a defender, especially on the perimeter, as people want to make out. I'm like, what? Yeah, I, I find it, I find it hard to believe that they're going to die on the hill of KP. Post-ups, but I wouldn't put it past Jerome Mazzullo. I'll just say that. Right. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Because he also played like Grant Williams 19 minutes a game last year. For for what reason? On what's a team t- where he fit pretty goddamn well. What's your take off of that then? So I kind of just conjured this. This one, I was I kept looking at my take that says the Bucks, Celtics, and Lakers will all have 40 wins before 20 losses this season. I think that's pretty safe to a degree. I think they're going to meet the Phil. I think they're going to meet the Phil Jackson um, criteria of greatness in an NBA mm-hmm. team. And I think the Bucks are there just because of what Dame is going to do. I mean, I know we're not making these predictions right now, but I have Dame my first team All NBA this season. He's my one one of my positions on there. I think it's going to be that from Dame, and I think that all these teams making it that far or making that kind of punch is just like, it really worries me for what the Eastern Conference is going to be because is it really going to be Bucks and Celtics are just going to find each other in the Eastern Conference finals? You got to think that's going to be one and two at the top. So they'll be fan up too. Right. And then it's like, should they play like an 11 game series? <laughs> like actually. <laughs> Let's really put these motherfuckers through a gauntlet. Right. First of five wins, like absolutely nuts. Or no, six wins. And sometimes it feels like it needed that, especially with the Bucks and Celtics series that we got just two years ago with Drew Holiday involved, where Drew Holiday won one of the games. Remember that? When he stripped Marcus Smart, yeah. ran down the court, didn't even try to take some kind of bullshit layup at the end or some kind of shot attempt, just dribbled out toward the bench, mm-hmm. slammed the ball down. One of the hardest endings to a playoff game in recent memory. And it's just like, now he's on that team. 
Granted, the guy that he was going up against mostly, Marcus Smart, is not there. They look different. They have a new coaching staff. You know, like, it's just... And I just... I see the comfort, even in the preseason, that Holiday is playing with against... With White, with Derek White. I see that comfortability, and I'm like... Oh my God, Boston did it. Mm-hmm. They, they put together another dragon torturous guard combo. that, And we were all screaming because of what Derek White, Marcus Smart, and Malcolm Brogdon was last year. Malcolm Brogdon won six man of the year. Yeah. And like now that just feels ancient at this point. More than anything. It's basically it's toxic. Like, like, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a matter of time before he's traded. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, he was 90, he, he was 96% gone. Like, you know how on the Chipotle app you do tap to hold pay? Like the Celtics held like the tap to hold or tap to or hold to pay for like three and a half seconds before it completely expanded and then let their finger off the button. And Malcolm Brogdon standing there like, what? <laughs> so I mean, like, it's just I, that relationship was obviously severed. Now Brogdon's allegedly happy to be in Portland. And, you know, it's crazy because Preyton Pitchard. Peyton Pritchard publicly made, not publicly, but definitely put out a, a trade request not long ago. And which is also laughable. Now he's playing pivotal. He has to play pivotal regular season minutes. And, and postseason. Yeah, I mean, I pray for you if you have to play with Peyton Pritchard against even the Miami Heat again next season. Like it Holiday and Holiday and White are really gonna have to be 100. 98% healthy going into the playoffs for this thing to fully work. I mean, they're theoretically the toughest backcourt in the league, so... I mean, yeah. That is, that's also part of it as well. But then you also forget that not only do you have those two players, you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Literally a core unto themselves as a team in the Eastern Conference that's had comp- nothing short of success completely, minus a title. It's just, it's really puzzling what this season is going to shake out to be. And, you know, I'm trying to think of what standings could even look like right now, but it's so murky on either side that I'm just like, oh my God, it's hard to even make sense of it. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an absolute shit show, roller coaster ride this year. Um, I can't even really peg who my title favorite is, to be honest with you. I, Kind of like you said, I'm at a loss because there's just there's so many different ways it could go, uh, depending like on who gets a lucky nine break. Is almost unpredictable. Yeah, on either side. Did you have any other hot takes? Now I have one here that I've a little bit cooled on, and it's funny because that's it's ironic in that statement. But the Suns will feel like it's 2021 regular season again this year, where they are just a wins machine. But I think they're really going to be trying to sell on someone like maybe Eric Gordon or someone for defensive help in the long run. Before at least before the deadline. Yeah, I wonder. I just like they they have no point guard, and I'm just really interested to see how that works. Yeah, like they're fully. It's not even that they like have backed themselves into that corner. That's the identity they want to take on. Right. Is that they have a team full of literal shooting guards. And one of them seven foot. 
Yeah. And now, like, their top three are all shooting guards. And now, like, especially for what Kevin Durant is at this point in his career, he's not Golden State Warriors power forward Kevin Durant anymore. No, I think it's pretty safe to call him a shooting guard, right? Right. I would say so, too. I I think that he really is. Effectively a two guard. He's just enormous. (laughs) He's absolutely enormous. And what he and, can do for you, like still like positionally, defensively, is is obviously not as a, a rim guard. protector. Yeah, like yeah, it's obviously not two guard esque, but offensively, like he's literally a fucking two. <laughs> right, he can bring the ball up for himself in every single situation on offense. Yeah, like and there's no way wherever. he's right. Like it's just, I really think that this is going to be a trio that is going to see like something around the league of like 88 points a game from all three. Just something absolutely nuts. I guess for me it's like, yeah, they're probably going to be fine in the regular season. Like usually that issue of not having a point guard doesn't really rear its ugly head until the postseason. Yeah, that's true because I mean you see even just superior wing duos like Tatum and Brown need a point guard to table set for them. You know, right. Because you can't regardless of what for, play mail, or regardless of what playmaking ability or isolation skills they may have, right? And Tatum's already like one of the best isolation players in the league. Right. I don't care what you want to say statistically to that; like he really is. And then, yeah, it's just going to be like: Is Bradley Beal going to be able to take on the complete? Because Bradley Beal's never looked like a point guard to me. I think Devin Booker's looked more like one, and that's a problem because you need him scoring. Yeah. It's just, you know, I they are going to be such a big question on what their true identity is going to be, but I know they will win games. And I, I'm not going to be shocked if they lose in the second round this year, honestly. They I'm really not. in the second round last year. And, you know, it's not even like they were unhealthy for any of that. They just nope. had a center that didn't want to play, and now they replaced him with a not even arguably worse center. They played him with a center. They replaced him with a center who will play but not very well. (laughs) (laughs) Like the way he plays is almost about as effective as DeAndre Ayton on the bench. Right. Exactly. Because at least I think that's how sour we are. Should be right. I I mean, I'm just, there's no way I'm not going to be sour on Nurkic and I have been sour on him ever since he broke his leg. Ever since he broke his leg, he's been cooked. Yep. And he savagely broke his leg too, which is part of the problem. Like, yeah, it's not, the man it's not had like to learn how fault. to run. Right, exactly. Like, he had to completely, like, remember watching him run for the first time in the bubble? It was like, whoa, he is slow. Mm-hmm. He does not have foot speed. It's not like he was graceful before, but like, he was something at least. And now he like horrifically broke his ankle and it's just clear that he doesn't have the same kind of chugging Slogging. power. Yes, slogging, absolutely. And tried to like open up the three-point thing and just looked awful. Like, I feel bad for Nurk because, I mean, he was legitimately a decent center back in the day and could have been something to help Portland. And, I mean, his defensive his defensive analytic numbers were always good. And wow. that's we know about We know about defense analytics, so... Yeah, Rudy not really Gobert. measurable, unfortunately. Rudy Gobert, uh, eight-time deep boy. <laughs> Let's go ahead and wrap it there. We're about an hour in. Um, as always, stay engaged with us across all social media at the Dip Network. Let us know what you think of our takes. Give us your takes. 
let us know who you feel like your title favorites are, who your early predictions for awards are. Give us all that shit. Uh, we want to hear it. We love to. We love to talk hoops. Um, and there's a lot to talk about right now. Lots of pertinent topics. Um, so stay tapped in for all of the podcasting and blogging content. And as always, Adam, one more take. So we got Wemby and Chet the other night. Yep. That's going to be... Okay. How about my hot take is this? I don't think Wemby is going to have near the injury concerns that people think. I think that this guy, the way that when we finally got to watch him up close in an NBA uniform and an NBA court on like showing off his NBA skills, I'm like, this dude kind of just floats like a wing, like a real true wing. You've seen videos of him stretching and how flexible he is? Yes, dude. It's nuts. Yeah, this guy's in the good, way that, very good health. Like, I, I know like he had a couple different highlights and that, but do you remember when he just kind of like took off the dribble and floated to the rim and just had this beautiful and one off of Chet. Mm-hmm. And he was completely 100% control of his body as he went up and landed. That was kind of an oh shit moment for me because I was like, oh, like he's not a five. He is a three or a four. And I mean, it is it, Kevin it's Durant to see. all over again. Right. This is Kevin Durant, but somehow he's taller. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, no, he, it's not somehow. I mean, he just is. Kevin Durant's yeah. like seven <laughs> foot and this guy's like seven one. So, no, I think Wemby's like seven three or seven three, right? Yeah. Seven three. I like mean, seven, I think his seven official two. listing is like seven four or seven five, but I think he's like seven three. I don't know. But like, it's just, he's freakish and he's like, I mean, Chet looked like a freak too, but like, he is something else. But I'm still not on the hype train. How about that? <laughs> Fuck a hype train. Uh, one more take for me. Charlotte Hornets missed the play-in. Okay. Pretty solid. I think it's a safe bet. It's one <laughs> I like a- to put. It's one I'd like to put in because that's a take I probably won't regret. You'll listen back to that one on just some random listen eight but months from now. That's like, a oh, W. Yeah. Exactly. That was easy. I was light years ahead, as they would (laughs) say in Golden State. All right. We're out of here. Peace.